My name is Richard Daniels. 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 And I am the archivist for the Occultaria of Albion. The Occultaria of Albion is a publication dedicated to exploring some of the strangest and most bizarre locations across the country, where hauntings, curses, cryptids and more have all been reported. I am now custodian of its archive and am gradually exploring many of the lost files in order to re-release them. You can find the case files which are now available at occultariaofalbion.com The Occultaria of Albion can also be found on YouTube and as a podcast. Go deeper and join the fan club for exclusive content. Go to patreon.com forward slash occultaria. Remain vigilant and remember the wolves of weird are loose. Hello Occultarians and Paranormal Scrutineers. Welcome to a new episode of the Audio Case Files and for this file we have an incredible investigation into a location which is obscure in at least three different ways. It is a seldom spoken about Civil War site, an unnoted Neolithic structure and finally it is a tenebrous time slip terminus. Prepare yourself for a case file that bends the bizarre into a three-dimensional shape called a whoa what a weird run. But just before we get to that I'd like to say a big hello to everyone I recently met at the third annual Psychopomp Disco Geddon Jamboree Horror Conference at the Winter Garden Pavilion on the seafront at Cragsyke Bay. There were some great speakers at the event, Dr Franklin Pemberton in particular gave a wonderful lecture and I think everyone enjoyed the charity darts tournament and buffet on that final evening. Hopefully we can do it all again next year. Anyway, now onto the audio file and the site of the Civil War skirmish known as the Battle of Swinbrook. I think it will entertain you. It might even horrify you. Last month, a letter arrived at the OA offices. Now, it's not uncommon for crackpots, cranks and hoaxers to get in touch, but this letter had the ring of something sincere and genuine about it. It had very few spelling mistakes and was written in pen rather than crayon. And it was genuine ink on the envelope rather than faecal matter, which has, in the past, upset the postwoman. The content of the letter revealed a mysterious phenomena which took place at the site of a little-known stone circle and, so the author claimed, the phenomenon would soon be occurring again. This enigmatic epistle was signed by someone using the moniker The Ploughman. I got the OA office handyman, Chris, who had popped in to bleed my radiators, to read the crucial part of the letter, as follows. Just outside the village of Swinbrook, which you'll see on the map I've enclosed, is a field where once there was a Neolithic stone circle. There is very little which remains today, though if you walk in the field, you will find three large stones. In 1643, an encounter took place between parliamentarian and royalist forces in the environs of Swinbrook, and the bloodiest of the fighting occurred in and around the stone circle, which at the time was a more intact and visible structure. Many men died on both sides, but it was the parliamentarians who were victorious. The battle took place on January 15th and 
During the fighting, a dense white fog arose. Afterward, witnesses said that it was an unnatural and heathen fog, a fog whose whiteness mixed with the blood of Englishmen, making it even more devilish and iniquitous. I am writing to you of such things because there is a legend of the fog returning. This legend has long been forgotten by the people of the parish, but on January the 15th, the anniversary of the battle, if conditions are right, the fog returns and time itself is cut open and spills its blood anew. Were you to stand in the field on that day, you would see the battle of Swinbrook fought once again. If you wish to investigate a truly supernatural mystery, go to Swinbrook and find that stone circle. You want me to stop there? Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Chris. Okay. While I'm here, I can have a look at your toilet again. I've bought a bigger plunger this time. Cheers. As I'm sure you would agree, this was an intriguing story. I had received a letter at the beginning of January, and so, if some sort of Civil War time slip was going to take place at Swinbrook, it would be on the 15th. I had to act quickly. The first thing I did was get in touch with one of my expert contacts. I knew that Dr Kingsley Huxtable, professor in early modern history at Meadsham College and avid player of three-dimensional backgammon, would be able to tell me more about the Battle of Swinbrook and its stone circle. Kingsley, I hope you're well. Aside from my old 3D backgammon injury playing up, I can't complain. Mrs Huxtable keeps telling me it's time to pack it in, but a bag of frozen peas and a bit of deep heat always does the job. It's a cure-all. Exactly what I tell my wife. Now, what was it we wanted information on? A civil war battle, wasn't it? That's right, Kingsley. What can you tell me about the Battle of Swinbrook? Swinbrook. January 1643, if memory serves. Bit of an odd one. Odd how? Well, technically, it wasn't a battle as such, but rather just a skirmish. Parliamentarian forces were on their way to Leeds and had camped for the night outside the village of Swinbrook. The Royalists, conversely, were bound for York when they got word that around 50 roundheads were nearby. As they were greater in number, at nearly 100, their commander gave the order to approach Swinbrook and attack. The fighting was bitter, but in the end the encounter was considered a strategic draw. Uh, yet it was all quite fruitless and unnecessary. There you have it, the nature of war, and that is why I stick to board games. Was there anything else unusual about it? I mean, what about the stone circle? Yes, I thought that would be more your angle. The Swinbrook stones, late Neolithic or early Bronze Age, very little left of it now, as I understand. All the usual features, circular bank, standing stones, strange ambience that gave the locals the heebie-jeebies. That's it. Tell me more about the strange ambience. Well, according to Beesby's Hermetic Almanac, the field near Swinbrook has experienced crops growing and dying at an unusual rate, a nearby stream allegedly flowing in reverse and birds singing backward. Local people claim to feel out of sorts when they pass near to the site of the stones. There's something going on in that field. One last thing which brings us back to the Civil War. Go on. Well, muskets have been recovered from the field in outstanding condition, as if they were put there just months before, rather than nearly 400 years ago. 
though a lot of it is passed off as local legend and tall tales. Thanks, Kingsley. You've been a great help, as ever. Righto. I'll bear off then and get a fresh bag of peas from the freezer. Mind how you go. It was clear that there was something unusual about Swinbrook Stone Circle. And with luck, if I timed it right, I could be a witness to whatever might occur there on the 15th of January. But before I set off, I wanted to know more about the writer of the anonymous letter, the so-called Ploughman. For most people, it seemed, the stories of strange occurrences at the Stone Circle were nothing more than half-forgotten folk tales and probably drunken ones at that. It was nothing more than a joke. But not for the ploughman. His letter had conviction and sincerity, and I wanted to know why. Who was he? And what had he seen to make him contact the Occultaria of Albion? Although time was of the greatest importance, I decided to investigate the ploughman and any other people I could find who had some connection with the Stone Circle. It took me nearly a week of non-stop research, telephone calls and trips to the library, as well as the British Museum. But, in the end, I tracked down the ploughman. What he told me about who he was and what he had seen completely stunned me. And I think it will stun you too. Find out who the ploughman is after these messages. As Yet Unexplained Series 2 is a six-part podcast written, performed, scored and produced by Wesley Smith. We will be looking at some of the most famous and mysterious tales of the strange, paranormal and unexplained. If you are interested in the paranormal, then this podcast is for you. This show will delve into cases of UFOs, hauntings, folklore, murder, ghosts, historical mysteries and things that simply cannot be explained. Please consider liking, subscribing, sharing and even writing a review on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. As yet, unexplained. Crisps, the tasty crisps, made from potatoes in Lincolnshire. Claxby crisps, the tasty crisps. Two new flavours for Easter this year. To celebrate Easter, Claxby crisps have two new flavours for you to try. Rabbit and parsley flavour and fried egg flavour. Available now. Just look for the posters. Well, I'm now about six miles from the Swinbrook Stone Circle and I'm actually in another village called Ranby. More specifically, I'm at a place uh, in Ranby called Cromwell Court. It's a cul-de-sac of sheltered housing, bungalows and flats mainly for elderly people and I'm here to visit one elderly person in particular, the ploughman. His real name is John Langton. I spoke with him yesterday and today he has agreed to allow me to record a short interview. So I'm on my way there now. Um, his carer will be there with him. It's a, a lady called Valerie and she's agreed also to let me speak with him. Hello, John? 
I had to write it. I had to tell someone who might listen before I wasn't able to tell no one nothing anymore. So, John, I think it best if I just ask you some questions and you try and answer them as simply as you can. I shan't give you no Banbury story and I shall be as plain as Sunday. Lovely. So, please just give me your full name. John Langton. You're now retired, but what was your occupation? I worked the plough. You'd say I was a farmhand. And how long have you lived in the area of Swinbrook? I came here in 1963. And how old were you then? I should say I were 21. That would make you now 80. It would make a normal fellow that age, yes. But you're not normal, are you, Mr Langton? What year do you claim you were born? It wasn't 1942, was it? I was born in 1622. Which would make you 400 years old. That is true. I may be many things, but an ambidexter I am not. Please explain, Mr Langton. How can you be 400 years old? Because many people would say that you were just lying or confused. That's what Valerie says. She's my carer. She helped me write the letter. Val says I'm just a confused old bugger. Well, being 400 is a very big claim, Mr Langton. It has something to do with the stone circle, doesn't it? Those stones are unnatural. There's a magic and madness in them and the land of Swinbrook. I was there at that battle what took place when the royalist devils set upon us. So you fought for the parliamentarian cause? I did. We were camped at the stones when the royalists attacked. We fought like bears, but I knew that field wasn't right as soon as I set foot on it. I could tell it was strange. As I took cover behind a stone, everything seemed to stop. There was a silence, and then came this terrible sound, as if God himself had fizzled with anger. I thought I'd taken a musket shot. But it wasn't. I wish it were. You believe you travelled through time, don't you, Mr Langton? I swear on it. I awoke in that same damn field, but my friends were gone, and the smell of gunpowder were gone, and I was alone, and the years had run like hares. And you say it was 1963? It was. I had to make the best of it. So you say that you've been here ever since. You've been here for 60 years. I've tried to go back, but it won't let me. Every year on the anniversary, I went back to the stones. Always the same. I can hear them, the people I knew. I can hear the fighting, can see it in the fog, but I can't get back Sorry, there. Sorry, but that's enough. Oh. Mr Langton needs his medication and then he needs to rest. OK, if, if you're sure. I am very sure. Well, that was interesting, wasn't it? Valerie certainly felt that John was agitating himself and she wouldn't let me talk to him anymore. As I left, John put something in my hand and I wasn't able to look at it until I was back outside. It was a coin of some sort and I did a quick bit of research online and it looks to be a sixpence from the Civil War period. It happens to be in incredibly good condition. Now, does this mean that there's more credence to his, his time slip tale? I'm not sure. Right now, I've checked into a small B&B in Ranby. Today it's January 14th, so that means tomorrow will be the anniversary of the battle. In the morning then I shall go to the Stone Circle and see if a time slip does occur. Will the Battle of Swinbrook appear before me? Well it's early morning and I'm just walking to the field. Um, I've just gone onto a track that did say um, no public right of way, but I haven't let that stop me. And I'm on what I believe is the field now. 
and just there isn't really a lot to see I can see a little sort of a mound in the in the center of the field and just off to the left is what looks like it does look like a rather large stone so I'm just going to go over and see if if that might be all that is left of Swinbrook stone circle yeah it, it does appear that this stone here is or was part of the stone circle it looks as if the farmers probably dragged it to the edge of his of his field there are four or five other stones that I can see scattered about so I believe this must be the spot where the stone circle would have been if I have a look around it, it there is something quite unusual here it, it looks as if it has been vandalized as graffiti and I can see it's not very clear anymore so I don't know how long it's been there but the piece of graffiti it seems to say Tempus fuck it, um, which seems to be a corruption of the Latin Tempus fugit. So someone, I don't know who that would be, whether it's teenagers, but somebody seems to be having a bit of a joke. Who might have done that? I don't know. But it does seem very odd. And there is quite a strange atmosphere in this field. Quite strange. It's, uh, it's approaching nine o'clock in the morning now, and that was approximately the time that the battle was said to have taken place and I do have to say that a fog does seem to have descended a little bit it has got a little murkier this morning um, and it seems to be getting quite thick by the second and it is a little disorientated I'm starting to feel a little strange oh. my god he was right I think John was right there's definitely figures approaching now I can hear I can hear things. I don't know if you can pick that up, but there's definitely men just over in the corner of the field and they, they sound like they're coming this way. I can definitely hear gunfire too. Oh my God. Oh, there's people behind me as well. Oh, I'm running now. I'm just running into the middle of the field. I can't tell where I am. The fog is so thick. Oh, there's people. Oh, bloody hell. Those recordings were made a few weeks ago. It was everything I was able to salvage from my broken audio recorder. Broken during the battle that was taking place. As I tried to run from the fighting, I fell, and that was the last thing I remember. There's very little about that morning which makes any sense to me, but I can assure you I saw an intact stone circle in the middle of a field, and in that field, as well as the stones, were around 200 men, some on horseback, and they were fighting with muskets, pikes and cannons, and I was in the middle of it all. It was real. I smelt the gunpowder. I saw the blood. I heard the screams. When I came to, there was a Labrador licking my face. The dog belonged to a gentleman who asked if I was okay. I was slumped against the stone at the edge of the field. There was no battle, no stone circle, and no fog. I asked what the time was and was told that it was nearly 9.15am. 
No more than ten minutes had passed, though it felt as if I might have been unconscious for hours. I didn't know what to make of it. I still don't. But I gathered myself together and returned to John Langton's home, where I had been the day before. I felt like I had to speak to him and tell him what I'd seen. This is the part I still cannot make any sense of. When I knocked on the door, Valerie answered. I asked to see John, but she said there was no one by the name of John Langton living in Cromwell Court. She looked at me very strangely, and when I told her that I'd spoken to John yesterday, and spoken to her as well, she shook her head and denied we'd ever met. I don't think she was putting it on. Her reaction to me was one of genuine confusion. She became quite cross and told me to leave. This all happened in January and I've been trying to understand how it could be that John disappeared or perhaps never even existed. Did he somehow return to his own time? Did my journey to the stones somehow alter the time slip or close some sort of a loop? When I was in that field, a strange feeling did come over me. It was a feeling a bit like deja vu, although I've never been to Swinbrook before. But I wonder, maybe I have. Maybe I have received the ploughman's letter before. And maybe I have been to the stones at Swinbrook many times before. Do you have any theories? I'd love to hear from you if you do. Tell me what you think. On Twitter, at Occultaria. On Instagram, at oa.richarddaniels. Or email me, occultaria at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.